Chick, 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 because you know the player I want to talk about after Sunday was the one player we were drafting in the middle rounds. The only running back we wanted in the middle rounds. First priority. And had an uneven start to the season. Month of September, usage was not where we wanted it to be. It was on the Miles Sanders trajectory, used primarily in the passing game, but started to get some red zone touches in the month of October. By the end of October, he was the primary back getting a 60% snap share. And then this week heading into this week, name the starter. And if that wasn't enough, like his name in lights is the starting running back for the Detroit lions. You would have thought that that more would have had him in the DFS lineups, right? It would have had more tournament lineup submissions featuring DeAndre Swift, but no, 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 no. Rushing out to play Mike Davis. Mike Davis, got to get our bloated Mike Davis. Free square. 60% owned. Doesn't matter. Mike Davis. You go up a little bit, right? Just 1K more. You get uh, DeAndre Swift. That's what a league-winning running back looks like. He's what a league-winning running back looks like. Plant your flag on one guy. I, I planted on two. I plant my, my my middle round flag on DeAndre Swift and my late round flag on Chase Edmonds. Swift has been a hit. Edmonds, not so much. But at least we have Swift. Week 10, 76% snap share up another 15% from the week prior. 62% route participation rate. So every Matthew Stafford drop back, whoosh, there goes DeAndre Swift out on a route, 62% of the time, 80% opportunity share. So of all the running back targets and carries, 80%, four out of five going to DeAndre Swift, 7.1 yards per touch. So he's been super efficient in the face of huge volume, and that's how you get to 26 fantasy points. And the salary is still not high enough. It's not high enough next week, DraftKings, week 11, 6.4K. What we're seeing from DeAndre Swift. Oh, this guy's going to be Miles Sanders. No way. Not even. Way better than Miles Sanders was last year. At this point last season, Miles Sanders was still splitting the touches evenly with Jordan Howard. So DeAndre Swift is a bigger, better, badder version of Miles Sanders. And what, what more do you want in a fantasy running back, right? Whoa, what more do you want? And it, we talked about getting it over with in dynasty just get it over with get it over with move him up in dynasty and yet you see he's he's not high enough he's not high enough in a lot of dynasty rankings heading into this week he was top five a top five running back on the player profiler dynasty rankings and because we put a premium on the best running backs the the, the true difference makers the box stuffing running backs DeAndre Swift was the number five player overall on the Dynasty rankings. And now there's a new place to get the Dynasty rankings, the Dynasty Deluxe 
we have a new module, right? You, you're like, oh, player profiler has been the same for years. It's just the rankings and the lineup genius and the depth charts and data analysis. And yeah, sure. The articles are free and the podcast is free and they're amazing, but not a lot of innovation over there. Yeah. Not a lot of innovation. Excuse me. We just rolled out our complete total dynasty command center module. Everything you need from a dynasty league domination resource. We provide Go to playerprofiler.com. You'll see it's right there. It's it's special. It's just it's a it's a special, special thing. Playerprofiler.com forward slash dynasty dash league dash rankings. And you can read about it. Maybe you're not ready to subscribe at this point. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe you're just like, yeah, it's late in the year, right? But we will be reducing the price soon so that you have a, a prorated price tag very shortly. So Check back maybe in a, maybe in a couple of days maybe you know the the uh, uh, the Podfather has decided to bless the people with uh, half price on the module for the rest of the year. It's it's gonna happen. You just gotta. I'm not not maybe not now. Maybe tomorrow. Maybe the next day. But it'll happen. And already way out ahead on DeAndre Swift because I, I didn't I didn't there, there wasn't a doubt right. It wasn't like a Jonathan Taylor where he's been inefficient, right? Every step of the way, DeAndre Swift has been one of the most efficient running backs in the league, and they keep giving him more volume. And the counterintuitive, the beautifully contrarian quality of DeAndre Swift is he gets more efficient as he gets more volume. And we know the best strategy, right? Heading into this year, now it's clear what the best strategy to dominate Season league drafts was robust RB plus plus DeAndre Swift. Knowing that you can get DeAndre Swift in the fifth round, you can sneak in an Allen Robinson and say the third round or Devontae Adams in the second round. That that was the advice, right? That was it. You get a robust RB, which means early round running back. It doesn't mean you have to draft a running back three, four, five consecutive rounds. No, it just means you get the majority of your running back capital early in the draft. And then you pivot to wide receiver, you get the majority of your wide receiver capital in those middle rounds, four, five, six, seven, eight, those rounds. But the one exception in the middle rounds, if you had to draft a running back in the middle rounds, it's a stay away zone, right? Round five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, <laughs> stay away. Ah, but, but there was an exception. His name was DeAndre Swift. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And I talked to Davis Maddock about this specifically. This is one exception. And I didn't see Davis Maddock becoming the zero RB cults propaganda minister, the head of disinformation for the zero RB cult, but that's what he's become. And he posted the wrongest fantasy football tweet of the year recently, and I will cover it in depth on a future show. But I just want you to know, so you can go to the Davis Maddock timeline and look for a tweet that is relevant to the topic we've just been discussing and see if you can guess which of those posts we will be conducting a deep dive on critiquing on our future show. Stay tuned. And just as DeAndre Swift is breaking out all over the place, he's a hit. Nikhil Harry is a bust. 
So Nikhil Harry is definitely and without a doubt a bust. And here's how you know. So there's no Julian Edelman. And if I told you before the season, oh, Julian Edelman's going to be a bust. He's going to go on IR. His career is likely over. You might say, oh, we got, you got to get Nikhil Harry, right? Not Demir Bird, not Jacoby Myers. It's going to be, it's got to be Nikhil Harry, right? Right, 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 right. Wrong. Last night, get this, Jacoby Myers, 47.2% air yard share. So of all of the target depth that, that Cam Newton put out there, it wasn't very much, very little, but smothering Baltimore secondary. But when Cam Newton did lob the ball downfield, who is he targeting? Slot receiver Jacoby Myers, not outside fake alpha Nikhil Harry. Because Nikhil, Nikhil Harry's air yard share. <laughs> I just can't. It's guess. Guess what it was. Guess. Guess the Nikhil Harry air yard share. Zero. Z zero. He didn't. He didn't, he didn't have any targets. He wasn't involved. I mean, he was on the field a lot, but not targeted, not able to separate. And Cam Newton unwilling to try to throw Nikhil Harry open. And he's now in his second year. And if you're a first round pick and you don't fire in your first year and you face plant and you get outproduced by an undrafted Jacoby Myers, you're in trouble. And by in trouble, I mean you're a bust. You're a bust. And, and it's not just getting outproduced. He's, he's getting dominated, right? He's, his production is dwarfed by the undrafted Jacoby Myers. And we thought, oh, Jacoby Myers, he was a function of the Tom Brady offense, right? He was a quintessential Tom Brady slot flanker. But Cam Newton, he's not going to be as interested. He's going to want to force the ball out wide to his new Kelvin Benjamin, Nikhil Harry. No, Nikhil Harry's not even having a... Kelvin Benjamin campaign, right? Now you thought maybe he'll have one thousand yard season, maybe tease us with at least some Kelvin Benjamin level games. So not even a season, maybe games. No, he can't even. Not not only can Nikhil Harry not give us a Kelvin Benjamin rookie year. Like Kelvin Benjamin was a hit in his rookie year. Nikhil Harry's in his sophomore campaign. So you think, oh, he can do as a sophomore what Kelvin Benjamin did with Cam Newton as a rookie. No, he can't even give you a Kelvin Benjamin game. Just one of those garbage time games with two touchdowns. No, he can't do that. He's not. He's a, he's a bust. Shocking, shocking. And, and a player drafted it with a similar draft slot just a few picks later this year, in this year's draft, the 2020 draft, was T. Higgins. And I think we can safely say that T. Higgins is now a hit. Is he? I mean, isn't he? He has to be, isn't he? I mean, last four weeks. He is the wide receiver 10. He's a top 10 wide receiver in fantasy football. He has five weeks with 90 plus air yards. When you look at the game logs for T Higgins, player profilers, game logs have the air yards, no drops. I know that uh, some services say he had a drop in the middle of the season. We have not recorded a drop yet for T Higgins. It's subjective, but if you found one target, maybe you could argue was a drop, but it's debatable. Right. So we're going to go ahead and just say it definitively. No drops for T Higgins. And he has stolen AJ Green's mojo. Stole his soul, man. Just ripped his soul out. T Higgins Soul Stealer. That's the name of the show, right? T Higgins Soul Stealer. I'm going to write that down. I, I created a list because I'm, I'm going to write this down. Soul Stealer. I'll flash this. Look at this. I, I, I created a list. I've been so sick of losing track. 
of how many takeaways I have laid out for the people. I wrote them down. And as it turns out, when you write it down, yes, there are more than 10 takeaways. There's always going to be more than 10 takeaways. We always give you bonus takeaways because the Podfather is a generous man. He is. They're always giving you, you know, 15 for the price of 10, right? But even though they're numbered, we're going to go ahead and lose track. We're gonna, we're, I'm not sure what takeaway we're on, even though I know we're on takeaway five. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't remember what takeaway this is. DeAndre Hopkins is a hero. He is a hero for all time. And he is our hero because we were having a very bad week with the DFS lineup genius. We had lineups that didn't even reach 100 fantasy points. It was embarrassing. And you look around the industry, a lot of lineups were in flames and a lot of takes were not coming to fruition. And then a funny thing happened. At our lowest point, we needed a hero to rise up, and that's what he did, right? DeAndre Hopkins rose up between 17 defenders and secured a touchdown pass at the end of the game, which not only gave him a touchdown, but also Kyler Murray, and that correlation put one of our lineups seriously into the money. We're talking $750 in the Millie Maker. It was a big hit. Upper percentile lineup. Kyler Murray, Alvin Kamara, DeAndre Swift, DeAndre Hopkins, John Brown, Brandon Ayuk, Logan Thomas, Marvin Hall, Saints defense, right? I mean, we were dead until the final play. In DFS, you play to the final whistle. And you're when you have Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins with time left on the clock, you're not dead. And... The lineup genius can also thank our friends in the 3.5K club on DraftKings. Jakeem Grant, lineup maker. Josh Reynolds, lineup maker. And Marvin Hall. Marvin Hall was the lineup maker in the lineup I just laid out for you. That's how you afford Kyler Murray and Hopkins and Alvin Kamara. Jakeem Grant went four for 43 in a touchdown at 3K. Josh Reynolds, eight for 94. So 17.4 fantasy points. No touchdown. Imagine if he scored a touchdown. Oh, my God. Blah! And then Marvin Hall uh, came through, baby. Two for 61 with a long touchdown. That's what you're hoping for when you play Marvin Hall. And this week, I can already tell you who that guy is this week. Who's that 3.5K lineup maker on DraftKings? His name is Jalen Guyton. This one's easy. This one's easy. Look at last week. 41 snaps. 27 routes run, which was more than Mike Williams. Mike Williams, 25 routes run, Guyton, 27. Guyton also out-targeted Mike Williams, 6-5, to five, and he's 3.5K against the Jets, against the Jets secondary, one of the most burn-worthy secondaries on the planet. This is the week for Jalen Guyton. It's Jalen Guyton week. I know you're, oh, I want to play Keenan Allen. Sure, sure. The problem is, the problem is, you never know when... The game script will be so friendly, skew so positive that the team ends up just running out the clock. You saw that happen with the Buccaneers. I said, oh, what happened to Leonard Fournette? Well, two things happened to Leonard Fournette. He got hot-handed, right? And he got game-scripted. So you can get game-scripted and hot-handed. And if those two forces converge, you get game-script hot-handed, right? Because it wasn't like Ronald Jones dominated the snaps. It was 39-29. And he only ran one more route than Leonard Fournette. But the touch is 24-10. Why? Because he was piling up those carries in the second half, grinding clock up 20. 
And he had the long touchdown, which juiced up the yards per touch. Ronald Jones, 8.3. Leonard Fournette, 3. Fantasy points for Ronald Jones, 26.8. Ah, too bad no one played him, right? It's like, oh, oh, the, the numbers are in. And the uh, middle round running backs are not delivering, with the exception of DeAndre Swift and Ronald Jones. Well, that may be true. And we'll talk about early round running backs and middle round running backs and robust RB versus zero RB later in the week. But the problem with these Leonard Fournette versus Ronald Jones numbers is the Ronald Jones fantasy point production is fake because he's scoring fantasy points in the weeks no one's starting him. So it doesn't count. These are bench points. So you just look at the games and the production where Ronald Jones was started by the majority of fantasy leaguers. He's been a catastrophic bust. No one was playing him this week. No one. So it's maddening to have one of these hot hand running backs is why you want to play these guys and have these more in best ball leagues. Best ball is great, right? But in a traditional seasonal league, you weren't starting. That's the bummer of it. You're watching him on your bench going, ah, oh, this is why there were very few, if any, Ronald Jones victory laps. No one playing him in DFS. No one starting him in their fantasy league. And Fournette had chances. Ronald Jones fumbled. Fournette had chances. Fournette had Three touches inside the 10. That's all you're looking for is three touches inside the 10 and some targets. And Fournette didn't deliver, right? He just didn't deliver. And, and one of those carries, Ronald Jones delivered in a big, big way, a 98-yard run. Thank you, Satan. But unlike Ronald Jones, I think that Wayne Gallman is a legitimate league winner. And, you know, early in the year, Mike Davis came available. And those that picked up Mike Davis have a winning record and are on a trajectory to make the playoffs. But now you could say the same for those that picked up Wayne Gallman, as we recommended weeks ago on the Waiver Wired show. So we need to check in with Wayne Gallman. How, how, what's up with Wayne Gallman? What, is, he, is he delivering for fantasy gamers? If so, where, where, where'd you slot him in, right? So this is unbelievable. And, and this is both a indictment of the running back position the last month, just what a wasteland it's been. But also, you have to uh, see it as uh, evidence that Wayne Gallman has been underrated his entire career because the, the team went out and they drafted Saquon Barkley, rendering Wayne Gallman obsolete in all phases. And he was forgotten about, right? Saquon Barkley goes down, oh, in steps Deion Lewis for a game. And then they bring in Devontae Freeman. Then Devontae Freeman gets flushed away. And then they bring in Alfred Morris. But all along, just chugging along, just Is Wayne Gallman right now? Week ten, he outsnapped the Alfred Morris, Dion Lewis, Elijah Penny competition for touches. <laughs> it's just ridiculous to think about. He had thirty nine snaps. The next highest was Alfred Morris with only fifteen snaps. So he is the primary back, and he's been the RB three the last month, last four weeks. The RB three in fantasy football. 16 fantasy points, 13, 15, 19, which again speaks to how underwhelming the running back position has been the last few weeks with so many running backs out with injury from Saquon Barkley through to Joe Mixon, Aaron Jones missing games. We haven't had Austin Eckler. Brutal. And then Wayne Gallman heads into a bye week 11. 
So he's not on the slate. Can't start him. Think about the schedule for the Giants coming out of the bye because all summer it was you can't draft Daniel Jones because the Giants' schedule is so brutal to start the year. Just don't bother drafting any of these Giants. No Slayton, no Shepard, no Ingram. Just avoid it. Avoid everyone but Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley is unavoidable, right? Daniel Jones, forget about it, right? You'd rather have Bridgewater. You'd rather have Cam Newton. You'd rather have Jimmy Garoppolo. All these late round guys, you'd prefer them to Daniel Jones, given the schedule. But now, now we're at the midway point of the season. The schedule has to eventually soften. And sure enough, it does. After the bye, the Giants face Cincinnati, Seattle, Arizona, Cleveland, Baltimore, Dallas. Wayne Gallman. Wayne Gallman. Wayne Gallman! League winner alert! League winner alert! Wayne Gallman! Oh, yeah! Oh, he's going to keep it going! Let's keep the alert going, Wayne Gallman! Oh, yeah! And I say, oh, just another reason to go zero RB. No, it's not. No, so in best ball leagues, no one drafted Wayne Gallman. Wayne Gallman went undrafted. No one was drafting Wayne Gallman. He didn't know. So everyone had an equal opportunity to pick up Wayne Gallman, whether you went robust RB or zero RB. Fuck out of here. So Wayne Gallman looks like a league winner now. A league winner drafted in the first round could come back from the dead in the most epic way. And that is Michael Thomas. Yes, Michael Thomas, another dud, right? Just another dud for Michael Thomas. What he does, what he's either hurt or dudding out, but we have the Drew Brees rib injury. In steps Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston led all quarterbacks in air yards. Total target distance in 2019 for Jameis Winston, 6,597 yards. And that's been Michael Thomas's one weakness his entire career. He's been productive in spite of below average target distance, right? So when you look at the average target depth for Michael Thomas, it's been well below average. Now, insert Jameis Winston and Michael Thomas in week 10, the air yard share. There was very little passing for New Orleans in week 10, but the Michael Thomas air yard share in week 10, 62%. Now extrapolate that out for the rest of the season with Jameis Winston. This little piece of paper is so handy. It's so handy. I love knowing where I'm at. I love knowing where I'm at. And in Dynasty, you stash Donald Parnum. Donald Parnum is one of the most athletic tight ends in the league. He's comparable to Latavius, Latavius Green. I take that back. It's not Latavius Green. That's Latavius Murray. I was thinking of Latavius Murray. Ladarius Green. Did I say Latavius? I apologize. I apologize to Ladarius Green, his entire family. I know it's Ladarius. I don't know why I said Latavius. I, I think I was just talking about the Saints and Latavius Murray's a saint. I don't know what happened. I don't know. Ladarius Green in a good way. So he has incredible burst. He's one of the signature size, speed, athleticism specimens in the NFL. When I say size, I mean, he's 6'8". Parnum's 6'8". I mean, he's not fundamentally sound. He's raw. But at the end of games, they're drawing up plays to get the ball in must-win situations to Donald Parnum. And he had a game-winning touchdown taken off the board by instant replay. And that was the week prior. And then last week, 20% snap share. So the snap share has been going up incrementally. He's running a few more routes every game. And he is a top 10 ceiling if he becomes a starter. If he is elevated somehow, some way, it's going to be 
Parnum. And I mean, it, the tight end position, like the running back position is this wasteland. And there are very few backup tight ends that would immediately slot in as top 10 options. But one of them is Parnum. Another is Jaden Graham. That's the Hayden Hurst backup in Atlanta. And Foster Moreau, he's the third tight end, right? He's the tight end three in Las Vegas. So if something happens to both Witten and Waller, then Foster Moreau, he could be a monster. But I mean, Parnum's actually the least fringy of those options to stash in Dynasty. And I'm not trying to get Kalen Balaj. I don't believe it. I think Kalen Balaj is a mirage. I think he's the sell-high candidate of the century because he's not good and because Austin Eckler is about to return. So you take those two things. Why the hell would you go out and try to get Kalen Balaj? It's not, it's not a good idea. I'm hopeful that Austin Eckler makes his return because if he doesn't, we have to consider playing Kalen Balaj at value. 5.6K against the Jets. I, I don't want to do that. I just, I please, Austin Eckler, save us from Kalen Balaj. He commanded a 71% snap share. I don't know what's wrong with Joshua Kelly. I'm so upset. Kalen Balaj, 56% route participation rate, 75% opportunity share, over 100 total yards, more than 15 fantasy points. What world is this? Am I living in a simulation? Kalen Balaj week 10 box score is so 2020. It's just, it's surreal. The whole thing is surreal. Please, Austin Eckler, I'm begging you. Save us, please. And if Kalen Balaj is the sell high candidate of the century, then the buy low candidate of the century has to be Duke Johnson. We know Duke Johnson has an all-terrain skill set, and he's one of the most efficient running backs the last five years. He was just derailed in a revenge game by the weather. I mean, Duke Johnson has to be the most unlucky running back in the league because even when he's granted an opportunity to be the primary back, you have the worst weather of the season hits Cleveland. Like, it's just like God hates Duke Johnson. But, 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 but the coaches in Houston like Duke Johnson. 92.7% snap share, 93% route share. So he's running a route on almost every opportunity for a running back to leak out of the backfield. He ran all the running back routes with exception of two, and that was C.J. Procise. C.J. Procise is back, but Duke Johnson's good. That's the difference. 94% opportunity share. That's as high as anybody. Right? This is peak Le'Veon Bell on the Steelers level opportunity share. And David Johnson is on short-term IR, so you just keep playing Duke Johnson. This is the buy-low opportunity of the century, even in Dynasty. Every league, you got to get Duke Johnson. He is a week away from having that DeAndre Swift level 25-plus point week breaking out all over the place and validating what so many of us that have maintained the faith in Duke Johnson have been saying about him that he can be efficient in the face of huge volume. He just needs the coin to flip heads one time. Just one time. And little Richie James is happening. It's it's exciting. I like Richie James a lot. And it's funny. Nate Liss was touting Richie James years ago. And we were mocked as the, the, the Dynasty podcast, the Sonic Truth podcast, that was touting Richie James. How laughable is that? 
right? It's ridiculous. Richie James. Meanwhile, Richie James has usurped. Listen to this. He has usurped Kendrick Bourne. He ran 10 more routes than Bourne did. He has a 73, 73rd percentile agility score, above average burst, and he runs a 448. So this guy is small. He's 5'9, 185, but he was productive at a small school, Middle Tennessee, and he's comparable to Ted Ginn. So I like him. I like he's a fun player. When you watch him play, he looks electric. And the 49ers have said, you know, enough with Kendrick Bourne. We know what you are, you're a possession receiver. You can come in in three receiver sets, but we're going to roll with Ayuk and Richie James. So Richie James is going to be a value. So we're going to have weeks this year where Richie James can slot in and be that lineup maker like a Jakeem Grant, you know, like a Marvin Hall. I see that in Richie James' future, and I'm excited. I'm excited by it. He's a guy you need to you need to be picking up in Dynasty. He's only 25 years old, right? So he's actually available. And the reason I say Dynasty and not Seasonal Leagues is because Seasonal Leagues – there's better receivers available on the waiver wire than Richie James. But in Dynasty, they're a lot deeper, but a guy like Richie James is actually available. And, you know, Chris Carson can't return soon enough. I have never been the biggest Chris Carson fan, right? But he has improved as a receiver. And now we're seeing the other options, right? And it's not good. It's now it's Alex Collins in Seattle. Alex Collins outsnapped DJ Dallas. 31-21. I don't know why. DJ Dallas was playing well. DJ Dallas looked good. DJ Dallas has a, a wide receiver background. He looked super fluid in space. He was a slick receiver with size between the tackles. And yet, no, no, we're going to go with the plotting Alex Smith. Okay, okay. Alex Smith even ran the same number of routes as DJ Dallas, which is a crime. It was a crime and it certainly outtouched him 12-4. to 4. So now we have to consider playing Alex Collins in DFS. It's just, it's, I just, please just Chris Carson, please return as soon as you can. We need you, man. I can't do this. I can't do this with these Seattle running backs anymore. I appreciate you, Chris. I do. Oh, what's the schedule look like for this Seahawks? What does it look like? Week 11 at home against Arizona Thursday night football. Chris, you got to please. Please, at least it's not on the main. Thank, thankfully, it's not on the main slate. So this I can stomach. Like I, I don't like it, and I want Chris Carson back so much. But at least it's not on the main slate. And then Week Twelve, Philadelphia is a Monday Night Football game. So that's not on the main slate either. So the Seahawks are not back on the main slate until Week Thirteen, and we we got to have either Chris Carson or Rashad Penny back by then. Please, for the love of God. And finally, there has been a miracle in Washington, and it's a pleasant surprise. You couldn't have scripted this. There's no way you couldn't have made this up because we know that quarterbacks are a determining factor for running back production oftentimes. You see Ezekiel Elliott. Look at the splits with and without Dak Prescott. Quarterback play really matters. right? The quarterback play can swing the upside and the floor one way or another for a running back. Their production really does hang in the balance with the, the quarterback play. So knowing that Washington would have some of the worst quarterback play in the league this year, we always had to temper expectations on Antonio Gibson or any member of this running game. And then to see J.D. McKissick seize a major role in this offense, right? He outsnapped Antonio Gibson in week 10, 56-33. And yet Antonio Gibson scored 22.5 fantasy points. 
How is that possible? Because they were playing on the field together. Somehow Washington has become one of the most creative offenses in the league. It's amazing. They were on the field together for 13 plays. One where Gibson actually split out wide and there were 11 other plays where McKissick either lined up out wide or in the slot. And it's a beautiful story. It's a beautiful story of a quarterback in Alex Smith coming back from what was thought to be a career ending injury, not just his career, his life, his life was threatened. He comes back. They save his life. They save his career. He starts the season as the number three quarterback. They bench Dwayne Haskins. Kyle Allen goes down with an ankle injury and they have to turn to Alex Smith. What does he do? Last week comes in 300 yards in a partial game. And then this past weekend, he puts up close to 400 yards. Think about that. With Terry McLaurin and a couple guys named Sims, he's putting up close to 400 yards and he's supporting both running backs. This offense is supporting two fantasy relevant running backs. Oh, Naheem Hines is the, the most electric satellite back in the league. That's not true. That's not true. The most electric satellite back in the league right now is the guy that's commanding 15 targets a game in recent weeks with Alex Smith. And that's JD McKissick. JD McKissick's a guy you have to start. You have to sit down. You got, yeah. I start three running backs in these patron leagues, these patron dynasty leagues. And I have JD McKissick in a lot of teams and I'm just playing him. I'm just start, start him, flex, start him. PPR leagues, you got to start. How can you not start him? And Antonio Gibson. Not only did he have the two touchdowns, he played wide receiver at Memphis. JD McKissick played wide receiver in college. It's amazing. They're using them creatively. And now they have this miracle gunslinger. I mean, it's a beautiful thing. But at least we have Swift.